You're listening to the Drew Marshall Show. Thanks for tuning in. A lot of stuff happening in the next number of hours. We're here every Saturday between 1 and 5 o'clock. Good old southern gospel music back there. On the phone with us is Reverend Fred Phelps. And, uh, of course, many of you would have heard of Reverend Fred Phelps' ministry down in the uh, in the States. Controversial gentleman, no question. Uh, but uh, I think we got to hear from all sides on these particular topics, which is why I invited Fred on the show. Thank you very much for joining us. What's, sure, the, what's the weather like down there in Kansas? Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Just went out and jogged three miles. You jogged three miles? Yeah, and we got we got five graduations today. This is graduating time at KU and K-State and Washburn all around. Man. We've got a lot of people graduating. Now listen, uh, for someone jogging five miles, I, I, you know, you're you're over fifty years old, aren't you? Well, seventy-five. Seventy-five years old. Yeah, I came up to Toronto and ran that Masters International Masters Marathon about fifteen years ago when they thought that was old. Yeah, and you handled that one okay. Yeah, they go out to a little town out west and then go twice, thirteen miles, two thirteen-mile laps. Wow. Well, congratulations for staying in good shape. There's a lot of people who get to a certain age and they just stop, you know? Yeah, reality TV's been here. Did you see that? No, no. What, yeah, what do you mean, been, uh, been where? To your to your place? Uh, yeah, yesterday. Had five camera crew and going, so you ought to watch for that. Well. They just got through doing one about some guy eating nothing but McDonald's food for 30 days and gained 30 pounds and all of his cholesterol went shooting through the ceiling and that's the kind of program it is, but it's uh, on the rise. Man. Well, yeah. Well, I, it, we'll keep our eye out for it up here. Uh, now, listen, uh, Fred, we wanted you on the show today to get an idea of what your ministry is all about. And obviously, there's been some controversy that's surrounded you. You think you were voted, what was it, top five uh, it, mo- most what, influential man or something? Kennedy Jr., you know, just before he died, he ran a piece with the, with the 25 most remarkable uh, men in America. And I was number five ahead of George Bush. Oh, boy. Yeah, now that's not bad for an old person. That's remarkable. That's remarkable. It was in his book called, uh, you remember his book called George. He had a magazine that lasted about five or ten years. Yeah. George. Yeah. Well, tell us about your tell us about your Westboro Baptist Church. Tell us a little bit well, about it. Well, you ought to look at the website, and I, every time I preach within uh, minutes, it's up on the web, and we hear uh, 200... Uh, 200 emails a day, and we've had five, six million. Uh, the sermons are live and fresh baked. We call it the bread from the Westboro oven, and it's godhatesfags.com. Okay, godhatesfags.com. Yeah. And now the first thing people jump at, obviously, Fred, is, is, is you know, you're using the word fags, and they say to you, come on now, don't, don't use that word. That's, that's a harsh word, right? Yeah, that's what they say. That's yeah. what Morgan said yesterday, that reality TV. Right. But he's Bible dumb, or he wouldn't talk that way. No. No, because you're, you're saying that the, that the Word of God uses, uses the, uh, the word fag. Well, uh, I think that that word that's translated in, for instance, Amos 4.11 is a faggot. Uh, it says, uh, I've overthrown some of you as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, and you were as a 
firebrand, and I think that Hebrew word is a faggot, a piece of wood that burns quick, hot, and long, and it's what Samson tied to those 300 foxes' tails in groups of two and sent them through the ripened fields of the Philistines and burned them down. Same word. And it is an elegant, historic, and etymologically accurate word that fits these creatures far better than Gabe, which they coined about 20 years ago. That doesn't fit them. They're not gay. And homosexual is kind of a stereotypical word that's not in the Bible. But it's better to use Bible words and Bible sentiments if you're going to call yourself a Bible preacher, don't you think? Uh, but that's probably maybe the best way to go. Now listen, a phrase that comes out often, and matter of fact, you've got some other websites that are, that are called this, God Hates America and God Hates Canada.com. Yeah, and Sweden. And Sweden, too. Yeah, they just passed a law that, like Canada's law, that they, that, that Sven Robinson, member of your parliament, called the Fred Phelps Law, whereby they will arrest you and prosecute you and jail you if you criticize homosexuality in any serious way. Right. Now, that's what you've got up there. And we fly the Canadian flag on a 50-foot flagpole in front of this church with lighting by night, state-of-the-art stuff, on top, upside down, on top of the American flag flying upside down. And it's all symbolic, preaching. Uh, Upside-down flags are the international flag protocol for distress, meaning that and the Bible view of things, Canada and America both in acute distress because of the proliferation of homosexuals, and Canada's leading the way, and like some cancer on top of America, geographically, and metastasizing to corrupt America with your corruption. How you like that? Well, that's a lot of syllables, but I think I got it. <laughs> I think I got it. Okay, so God, God hates America. Um, yeah. Does God hate Americans? Well, certainly. Okay. So but this notion that God loves the sinner and only hates the sin is an unscriptural notion, and furthermore, it's silly. That kind of nonsense wouldn't have any uh, traffic in any other area of serious life. Does the judge send the crime or the criminal to the penitentiary? Does God send the sin to hell or the sinner? It is a metaphysical impossibility when you think of it to separate the sin from the sinner. He is he is the sin. Hmm. Well, the one thing that I, I have agreed with you on, and I've, I've done a fair bit of listening and reading over the last week or so, and one thing you say is, uh, you know, anybody who's proud of a sin, who's, yeah. pr- who's proud of a sin, isn't going to repent from a sin. Yeah, it's impossibility. Yeah, and that's the one thing that kind of I agree with you on. I th- kind of think, uh, well, you know, that's, that's pretty right there. Someone goes around and flaunts the fact that... The, you know, that they're sinning in a particular way, I, I doubt they're going to repent from it. That's right. You, yeah. you, you, you got a gay pride parade in Toronto, but you never heard of a pedophile pride parade or a bank robber's pride parade or a perjurer's pride. It's the only sin that these filthy beasts are proud of. Mm. I mean, how can you repent of something that you're supposed to be sorry about and filled with remorse if you're proud of it? So by definition, Jeremiah 6.15 describes these people. Uh, were they ashamed when they had committed these abominations? Nay, they were not at all ashamed, neither could they blush. Therefore they shall fall with them that fall at the time that I shall visit them. And that fall with them that fall as a Hebrewism means go to hell. You're, they're going to hell 
when God visits them at death or the final judgment day. Well, this this politician, well, he used to be a politician until he stole a big fancy ring. Yeah. Uh, Sven Robinson. Yeah. Uh, he he kind of started this whole Bill C-250 thing. They called it the Fred Phelps Law, I think, didn't yeah. they? Uh, does that mean, like, are you allowed in Canada now or no? Well, you know, uh, the last time we went up there, they stopped us in the airport at 2 o'clock in the morning, confiscated our signs, and threatened to put us in jail, and that was before they passed that law. Okay, so... Are... And, and, and look, I wouldn't set foot in that place. It, no. It's the cursed and damned uh, land of the filthy sodomites. So if we invited you up here for a big conference to speak at it, you wouldn't even, you wouldn't come? No, not without a an ironclad guarantee of uh, safe passage signed by uh, the prime minister. Right, right. Because if you, you'd get arrested, would you? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. That's what you've got. You've got now a homo-fascist regime. And you think that God likes that? Hmm. I mean, you can't read uh, Leviticus 18.22 in Canada without getting prosecuted. Like Hugh, like Hugh Owen. You know Hugh Owen out in Saskatchewan who put a little ad in the paper during Gay Pride Week? Uh, that only referenced the Bible verses, four of them. Right. Leviticus 18.22 and Romans 1, uh, 18 to 32 and two others. They prosecuted him, fined him $7,500, and fined the Saskatoon Sun, I think the newspaper is, uh-huh. $7,500. Uh, what that is, is malicious prosecution of the Bible sure. and God himself. Okay, so we're on the phone here with Reverend Fred Phelps, and Fred is the uh, pastor at Westboro Baptist Church, and uh, he's the gentleman behind a website called GodHatesFags.com. And uh, I, I asked you before, Fred, you said God hates America, and you said yes, and you, I asked you if God hates Americans, and you said yes. Does God hate all Americans? Uh, all except his elect, and it's called a very small remnant if you read Isaiah one and, right. Uh, so how many? I mean, it's kind of an unfair question, but how many people do you think in America you'd say would be that God would love? Just a ballpark figure. Well, the question is, you're talking about the coming of Jesus Christ in power and glory, you know, and who goes up? And uh, I, you know, from my perspective and watching things now, I've been preaching this gospel for 56 years, 56 since Bob Jones and the Southern Baptist ordained me September the 8th, 1947. Hey, does Bob, does, sorry, does Bob Jones University still have the blue sidewalks for the guys and the pink sidewalks for the girls? Do you remember that? No, they didn't do that. Oh, they didn't. Oh, somebody told me that the other day, because they're pretty strict there, aren't they, about uh, guy-girl stuff and hanging around each other? Well, they call it the six-inch rule. You can't get any closer than six inches, and they've got what looks like a a two-acre furniture store where on uh, on certain nights of the week, I think it's two per week, for two hours you can go and sit on sofas in that, what it, they call it the courting room, All right. at, with with uh, people, with teachers sitting around everywhere as chaperones. Oh, okay. All right. Sorry, that was totally the side there. But that, anyway, that's where you graduated from. They they charged you with the position of being a, a spiritual elder, pastor. Yeah. They, they, they call it an ordination ceremony. Right. Right, Southern Baptist, Southern Baptist ordained me. Do you, do you, um, Fred? Do you do you pray for America? No, you don't. No, don't you ever read the Bible, Drew? Uh, Look, yeah. The Lord told Jeremiah three times, "Pray not thou for this people, neither lift up crying nor prayer nor intercession, for I will not hear thee." And Jeremiah kept arguing with him for about six chapters, and then finally in Jeremiah fifteen one, the Lord says, "I wouldn't care if it was Moses and Daniel." Samuel, 
I wouldn't listen to them either. The line has been crossed. It's a sin to pray for America. It's a sin to pray for Canada. Don't you understand, these money grubbers like uh, Falwell and Graham uh, preaching for money, uh, kissy-poo preachers, and I used to like both of them, you understand that they are constantly talking about Second Chronicles 7.14, if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. That's gone. That's not the text that applies to this people. That was what God said to Solomon back about 1,000 B.C. 400 years later, you get to Second Chronicles 36.16. That's what applies. And he says, all right now. I've been warning you for 400 years. I've been sending my prophets to warn you, rising up early and sending them. But you mocked my messengers. You despised my words. You misused my prophets till the wrath of the Lord arose against his people till there was no remedy. Then the Babylonian captivity came. What? There's no remedy for, for the United States and uh, Canada. No, so we're we're pretty much we're doomed, I guess. Yeah, every yeah. every morning I get up. First thing I do is go to the window. How come the Lord hadn't come? Right. I mean, there's no hope for this country, and there's no hope for Canada. And Sweden just got through sentencing another gospel preacher to two months in jail. Hmm. What now? This you're known for the signs that you hold up, the placards and the picketing signs. What what kind of things do they say? Well, uh, uh, God hates fags. God gave fags up. No fags in heaven. God hates America. And such sentiments. And lately, uh, topical signs are, thank God for September 11, 911. Thank God for the tsunami. And now, thank God for IEDs. You know what IEDs are? Tell me. You... Over in Iraq, every day, American soldiers get killed by the explosion of IEDs, improvised explosive devices. All right, okay. Uh, there have been 1,500 of them killed by those IEDs, and more than 30,000 of them wounded uh, with legs blown off, arms blown off, faces burned to make you look like a grotesque monster. And you, and you say, the, some of those signs say, thank God for IEDs. Thank God, because... They, the fags set off an IED at our church and cost several thousand dollars in damage and doggone near killed a little baby. And the authorities wouldn't do a blessed thing about it because everybody was glad that it happened to us. Right. So we offered a $5,000 reward and got the culprit. There are three of them that were homosexuals going to Washington University in Topeka and they were pipe bombs, IEDs, that they were improvised explosive devices. Hmm. We couldn't get the prosecutor to even look at the evidence and finally called in the federal authorities, the Tobacco Fire and Firearm uh, Division of the Justice Department, and they, thre they threatened to prosecute unless the local prosecutor did. Finally they did, the ringleader only, and the judge sentenced him to 16 days. Hmm. 16 days! For doing that. Yeah. yeah. In any other context, it'd be 16 years. You can't set off bombs at churches and expect to get off with a slap on the wrist in this country. Mm. Think of some black church in Birmingham that those KKK guys uh, set off, and, and now they're prosecuting them yeah. and sentencing them to life in prison. I'm telling you, this country 
has set off IEDs to stop the preaching of the gospel, and God Almighty in vengeance and wrath is picking them off one at a time, two at a time, ten at a time in Iraq, and there's not a blessed thing they can do about it. So the new signs we've got say thank God for IEDs. So you're you're saying that uh, that God uh, was behind September 11th? Absolutely. Well, who who else? I mean, two two weeks before uh, that, sep- uh, September 11th, Bush appointed an out of the closet faggot named Michael Guest, G U E S T, and his butt buddy Alex Navarro to be United States ambassador to Romania. So all over Eastern Europe, all over Europe, America now is known as the fag country. There that ambassador is. Every time they have a state dinner, there he is in a tux and his butt buddy in a tux on his arm. And one week after September the 11th, after the Senate had approved that appointment for that ambassador, uh, Bush ordered Colin Powell to swear him in. And Colin Powell looked like he was holding his nose to swear him in. You can't spit in the face of God Almighty. Look, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain to build it. And except the Lord guard the city Hmm. or the nation, the watchman waketh but in vain. Uh, That's the verse, Psalm 127.1, that Jack Kennedy, the President of the United States, quoted and, and spoke from on the day that he was assassinated. This country used to believe that. Okay, that so we need the Lord God to defend us. Sure. Now, as far as leaders go, um, I understand that you're not too you're not too happy or impressed with the Pope. Is that right? You mean the one that's in hell now? So you, you, the one that just died, you, you you say he's in hell? Of course he's in hell. Right. Uh, look, he's a fraud. He's not the vicar of Christ on earth. He's the vicar of Satan. Uh, where did you hear about Mass and Mary in the, in the Bible? For goodness sakes, and uh, he he is certainly not the successor of Peter. He's the successor, the spiritual successor of Judas Iscariot. Where else could he go but hell? And he's the one that has to approve personally every bishop and every archbishop, every cardinal, and doggone near every priest, such that he knows that these men that he's been putting in positions of power are pedophiles. He has to know that. And he goes right ahead, that cardinal law, the Archbishop of Boston, that is the main offender, when, when he had a, a diocese full of these pedophile priests, he would shuffle them back and forth from place to place so that they wouldn't get caught. Well, when they rose up against him and the clamor for his ouster was so loud in Boston that the Pope had to, t- to remove him, he took him to the Vatican and promoted him. And he was one of those nine that had a mass, one of those holy masses for the Pope. He was the leading mass holder. If that's, a, if that's a word. Yeah. Well, we're on the phone with uh, Reverend Fred Phelps, and of course he's the gentleman who's a pastor of uh, Westboro Baptist Church and behind a website called GodHatesFags.com. And we're just sort of getting the other side of uh, the point of view here, hearing your, your side of things, uh, Fred. I appreciate you sharing this time with us. Sure. Uh, Billy Graham, I, I saw a picture on your website that shows you holding a picket sign with a face of Reverend Billy Graham on it, but you have the number 666 written across his forehead. Why, why was that? Yeah, and I told him I told him the other day, we're old friends, and he's backslidden as a pet coon, and he used to preach some truth, and now he says there's no literal fire in hell. I told him we're going to picket his funeral when he dies. Uh, he's going to have his last crusade next month in Madison Square Garden in New York. We're going to picket that. 
He had his last one two months ago in Pasadena at the Rose Bowl. We picketed that. The one two months before that was at the Harrowhead Stadium in Kansas City where the Kansas City Chiefs play. We picketed that. He is backslidden, and he's headed straight for hell. Hmm. Okay. You've had a lot of people kind of angry with you, and you've been at, like, you've you've had your life threatened and all sorts of stuff, haven't you? Every day. Every day you get Every death day. threats. And uh, in San Francisco, and you see, we've, we have 40 of these pickets out in the streets across this country every week. We've had over 20,000 of them now in the last 14 years. And so you must understand that it takes a whole lot of police power to get us out of these places alive. And when we were up in, in uh, Canada on Parliament Hill, we burned the Canadian flag. And if you think that wasn't an explosive... Yeah, that, probably, that, didn't, the, that probably didn't go over too well, did it? No, and, and those Royal Canadian Mounted Police and the city police, they're not too whippy up there, I've got to tell you. No, no. I mean, they acted like they were going to be on the rioters' side of things. Right. Now, you're very you're very passionate about this, and if anybody's got to admire something about you, it's, it's your passion about this. And I mean, where, where does the passion come from? Do you have a personal connection to the, to, the, to the gay community? Have you ever known anybody who's sort of, that you cared about, who said, hey, guess what, I'm, I'm gay? And then you, that no. Kind of, no. So you, don't, you never had any friends, or I, I don't know. I'm just asking. Do you have Have you ever had any friends? Because I've had friends tell me that they're gay or, or relatives, and it's you know it's kind well, of. Well, if you if you care anything about them, you have to tell them they're going to hell. Right. Uh, this uh, this verse, "Thou shalt love thy neighbors thyself." Uh, we're the only ones that do that. Uh, the Lord Jesus quoted that in uh, Matthew 22, about verse 39: "Thou shalt love thy neighbors thyself." He said that was the equivalent of "Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength." And he said, on these two commandments, which are the equivalents, one to the other, hang all the law and the prophets. That is the whole Bible. He was quoting out of Leviticus 19, verses 17 and 18, where the expression, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, is defined. And it is defined like this. Thou shalt not allow sin to remain on thy neighbor unrebuked, but thou shalt in any wise rebuke him. And if you're not... And those four little words in any wise rebuke in the King James are from one Hebrew word that means rebuke the very dickens out of him. Rebuke him early and often. Give him neither peace nor rest. And if you're not doing that, you don't love these fags. And these kissy-poo preachers that are telling them they're okay like they are, they hate them. We're the only ones that love fags. Okay. Um now, along the lines of other people that, that aren't impressing you too much would be, the, if I understand things right, again, just reading some stuff about you, uh, how do you feel about the Jewish people? Well, uh, do you think that I'm going to discriminate against these poor Jews? You think I'm going to let them off? i got to preach to them, too. Look, the world is my parish. Uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ, there's neither Jew nor Greek, barbarian, Scythian, uh, male, female, bond nor free. And they all deserve to have the preaching of Fred Phelps. And I'm going to give it to them. And if you think I'm going to let the Jews off just because I'm afraid they might say that's anti-Semitism, you don't understand the true nature and scope of a Bible preacher. Thy words were found, Jeremiah said, talking about passion. Right. And I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I'm called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. And when persecution came, he said... Then said I, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. 
But his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I was weary with forbearing to speak, and I cried aloud. Paul said, A necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not this gospel. You're talking about passion. Hmm. Okay. Now, I I don't want to uh, say mistruths because there's probably a lot of, you know, people lying, saying bad stuff about you, stuff that isn't even true. I, I guess you come across that every once in a while. Yeah, that's all right. Okay, well, I, I want to just confirm or, or get you to deny or confirm something with you here. I read something that said, uh, in 2000, a Jewish resident of Topeka named Leif Dolan emailed you requesting that you stop picketing his synagogue and that you replied to Dolan, shut up, you Christ-hating Jew. I wish Hitler had finished the job. You and your children had better watch your back when you get out of the temple. It's not a, sh- a threat but a promise. So you're laughing. You're laughing because you didn't say that. And what's the question? Oh, did you? I guess you didn't say that. Is that why you're laughing? Of course not. No. And the thing about it is, I found out about it when the FBI showed up. That'd be a crime. Uh, the FBI showed up out here one day, sent to us behind that lie, thinking that that was our website. When the truth of the matter is, it's the website of that same Jew that was filing the complaint. Right. It wasn't our website. We had nothing to do with it. Okay. And that's what you have to put up with when you've got uh, a fag, when you're dealing with the enemy that's described in the Bible as like this. They're filthy. They're lawless. They're likened unto natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed. And their sex activities are so demeaning and so filthy and so vile that they're likened in the Bible unto dogs eating their own vomit and sows wallowing in their own feces. Right. Okay. That thing that you just read, I'm surprised it's still afoot. Yeah. Because there's a fag group in Montgomery, Alabama that put that out called the Southern Poverty uh, Law Center. Right. Okay. Uh, let me just check another quote here, and you tell me if this rings a bell. Uh, apparently you said, Homosexuals and Jews dominated Nazi Germany. The Jews now wander the earth despised, smitten with moral and spiritual blindness by a divine judicial stroke. And God has smitten Jews with a certain unique madness. Jews thus perverted, out of all proportion to their numbers, energize the militant sodomite agenda. Jews are the real Nazis. Well, that that's uh, all true, and it sounds like something. It I, sounds a bit like I would you. have said. Yeah. And if I didn't say it, I'll endorse and adopt and ratify all that you just said. Right. And anybody who loves the Jews is going to tell them that earnestly and often. Right. Okay. Now, you realize, I mean, you must. people must say this to you all the time, Fred. They must say, well, listen, there was another fellow that was kind of popular a while ago that hated the Jews and, and the gays, and, and he, wanted to, he wanted them all to die. And do people ever compare you to Adolf Hitler, or no? I guess they well, must well, be. Well, uh, of course, these who I've just told you are filthy and lawless and so forth, mm-hmm. described by the Bible, they say stuff like that. Right. So they, they compare you to Adolf Hitler all the time, do they? They say stuff like that. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah, no, no, I understand. That just shows how dumb they are. Right. How absolutely dumb. How dumb? Who? who Bible are? dumb. History dumb. Right. Current events dumb. That skins their ignorance and puts them on display as being frauds. Uh, couple... They don't like Bible preaching. No, okay. Didn't I tell you I've been preaching this Bible now since September the 8th? 1955. 19, no, no. Oh, earlier. 1947. Whoa. Uh, this, in this church, in this place, yep. since 1955. How, how big is, how many people you got going to the church there? Well, when you put it that way, I have to tell you that it's usually about 125 that show up in the auditorium every Sunday, rain or shine, 
but I suppose maybe another uh, couple of hundred that claim connection with this church that sometimes come. And I suppose our mailing list is something on the order of 7,000. Right, right. Where is the church, by the way? The church? You mean Topeka, Kansas? No, no. Where? where what building is it held in? Uh, it's held in a church building. You can see pictures of it on the website. I mean, this thing has not been done in a corner. Okay. Uh, we There's usually some TV crew out here from some television station or net network, including Barbara Walters and, and the biggies, uh, with taking footage almost every day, and it's at 3701 West 12th, Topeka, Kansas, and anybody and everybody is wanted, welcome, and invited to come. And if you can't come, look at the website, godhatesfags.com, and listen to the red-hot sermons preached on that website every Sunday. I told you within minutes of me preaching. It's, it's up, up there. On the web. It's up on the web. Now, some of your some of your placards say, uh, "Here's a couple other ones." Fags die and God laughs. Yes, you know that, don't you? And God gave AIDS to fags. Is that well, is that another well, who, one? Who would deny that? I mean, who with a modicum of knowledge of the Bible? Have you never read Psalm uh, uh, Proverbs one twenty five that says, "I will laugh when their fear comes and mock at their calamity." And Psalm two four. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have in, them in derision. It, when, when God Almighty sends these impenitent people to hell, he's, he's satisfied. Right. It vindicates his justice. So he's, he's happy sending these people to hell. Yes. Right. Do and you, they are tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Yeah. That is, the administration of their torment goes forth from the throne of God. That's the presence of the Lamb. He that sitteth on the throne shall mock and laugh and have them in derision. Right. That's the word at Psalm uh, 2, uh, 4. Uh, now, I saw a picture on your website where people were dancing on someone's grave or something like that. Is, it, is, that, a, is that a part of your uh, part of your thing? Do you do that? Yes, yes. Yes, we do that, and picket their fag funerals. Uh, dying time is truth time. Picket at Matt Shepard's funeral, and they never will get over that. But they need to understand that there's only one thing important, and that's getting to heaven when you die. And if you live in that kind of filthy sin, or suborn it, or enable it, when you die, you're going to split hell wide open. And that's what needs to be preached at all their funerals, and nobody does it, and therefore we take up that slack. Right. Right. Now, someone's going to say to you, well, come on, Fred, uh, why is homosexuality worse than all the other sins? Uh, where's the scripture for that? Well, uh, I already gave you some scripture, and you already pointed it out, and at least, at least tacitly, I thought, mm -hmm. agreed with it. Mm -hmm. that, is the, that is the only sin that, by definition, uh, you can't repent of. And everybody in the world knows you can't go to heaven unless you repent of your sins. So, Genuine, sincere repentance. So you can't, no one can repent of homosexuality? Well, by definition. Right. Look, have you ever heard of a perjurer's pride parade? Have you ever heard of a pedophile's pride parade or an adulterer's pride parade? But these creatures won't even agree it's a sin and pass laws to put preachers in jail if they say it's a sin. Now, what, what, speaking of these kind of preachers, what about... Uh, what are you going to do about Canada, Brother Drew? Uh, what are you going to do about that God-forsaken country up there that passes laws to put gospel preachers in jail? Yeah. 
Well, I'm not not too impressed with the weather. Start off with that one. Gee well, whiz. What you need to start off with is getting your fanny out of that godforsaken place before the Lord turns attention to it in earnest. Should, now, are you moving out of the States? No, no, they oh. don't have a law like that. All right, but, okay, I thought you meant because God, God hates still, Canada. There's still wiggling room here. Right. I oh. mean, and they still let me preach. I mean, they hate me, and they attack me, yeah. and they set fire to the church, and they set off bombs in the church, but there's nobody out here uh, since they raided the church 12 years ago, and the federal court uh, fined them or, or taxed them, $175,000 and gave the money to us. Hmm. I mean, there's still some wiggling room here. There's no wiggling room in Canada. What you open a Bible and read about the homosexuals and they throw you in jail, and that's the stuff you ought to be worried about, and yeah. if you can't get passionate about that... What do you no, What do you think? Of, yeah, apparently you're not too fussed with focus on the family and, and those fellas. No, in fact, a uh, week before last, we were out there picketing them because Mel White, you know preacher Mel White? Heard of him. Well, he used to write the sermons and the books, ghostwriting for Billy Graham and Jerry Falwell and some others. Yeah. And then he fell in love with a guy, sloughed off his wife and two children, and married, put that in quotes, his butt buddy, Mel White. Hmm. Now, Mel White's organized now in a group called Soul Force, and they had 500 fags out to picket Dobson and focus on the family. So we had 25 or 30 of our people out there picking than both of them. So but and aren't we they all, we got all the publicity. But aren't they aren't they doing I mean somebody would say oh they're doing a good thing trying to help the gays not live a gay lifestyle. No, you have to preach the truth. You're not helping anybody lying to them. And when you tell some fag that God loves him, you're lying to him. And I already showed you how that's not the definition of love thy neighbor as thyself. Yeah. And old the old fraud Dobson uh, have you ever seen his digs out there? No. What do you mean, and his house? He's multi-millionaire rich. He's filthy rich. He's got too much money. Well, you know, you've got to be doing a whole lot of lying on God to get that kind of money. In fact, that campus has been appraised, now, I think, at a half a billion, half a billion dollars. Hmm. And and the, the, the verse in James comes right out here. Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, to confound the mighty? They got no indicia of being called and ordained of God when you run around here in that kind of filthy opulence. Shame on them. And they need to be preached to, and I'm the one to preach to them. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, in some of the things I've heard you speak on, I'll, and I'll just, we'll just be a few more minutes, and I'll let you go. I appreciate your time, uh, Fred. Sure. Uh, some of the things I've heard you speak on and listen to your, on your website it sounds you know sometimes you get a bit angry I guess you know you get into your passion there sometimes we all all get that way but I was yeah, listening all righteous indignation yeah and I in your debate with John Rankin which is on your website yeah that was a good one he's yeah. a Harvard theologian okay all right uh, you called him uh, you called him a coward and boring and ridiculous and dimwit and is that all yeah well yeah and a few other I mean you called and him he's a heretic right he's a hellbound heretic right. Um, idiot! Uh, you called a debate debate official. You told them to shut their mouth or they're, they're a loud mouth. I, I, I was well. I didn't do that at the debate. Yeah, yeah. Actually, actually, there was a guy who who was who was trying to to object, and you you told him, uh, "Can somebody tell his loud mouth to shut up?" Oh well, now that's not calling ranking. And the rules no, no, that was the, that was the debate official that you well, said that to. Yeah, but I, my, no, my, the, the rules of the debate was that you couldn't get ad hoc comments from the 
a biased and prejudiced, fag-filled crowd. You can't have a debate if you got jackasses jumping up all around there interrupting it. Yeah. Just yeah. had one three weeks ago at the University of Indiana. Uh, right. Jim was full. But it's hard to get people to take me on in debates. Well, yeah, and debates, you've got to follow along with the way it's supposed to be organized. But I, if the, the interesting thing with that debate, and just help me understand this, uh, you demanded that you go last, thus having the most important finishing position. No, in, no, in, that was the luck of the draw. I didn't decide those rules. I only accepted them as provided. They oh. said we'll decide it before the debate to start, uh, starts by a coin toss. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and besides, you didn't get both. If you got to go first, yeah, yeah. You well, didn't get to go last. I guess my my point behind all that was just in listening to it, because I don't know you. I mean, you and I never gone out and shot a ground squirrel together or anything like that. You know, I, I don't know anything about you. But from what yeah, I... Yeah, you do. From what, well, I know a little bit about you. But from what I'm hearing, uh, you know, I, I, look, I guess I look at Second Timothy 2, verse 23, and... You know, those pastoral letters talk about the personality of a, of a leader, of God, an elder, and that sort of thing. We're supposed to be, uh, you know, sort of gentle and temperate and self-controlled. and all I'm that. all that. Yeah, and I don't know. You don't come across that way, Fred. Oh, yes, I do. You do? Yeah, but you miss the main part of those injunctions uh, to Timothy and Titus, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught. Right. That he may be able, by sound doctrine, both to exhort and confute the gainsayer, for there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses. And these are they that creep in the houses and lead captive silly women laden with sin. Hmm. Now, that's the important part about the duties of a preacher. And cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression in the house of Jacob the sins. What that is is show translated show means get in their faces and make it crystal clear the true nature and scope of their sin that's taken their God-forsaken souls to hell. Hmm. Now, that's the true nature. That's the true job and job description of a Bible uh, preacher. Okay. And you ought to also read Ezekiel 16:2, Son of man, cause Jerusalem, America, Canada to know her abomination. Fred, would you use the word hate when it comes to a Christian brother or sister who maybe sympathizes with the gay community and wants to figure out a way to relationship with them or, or get along with them or maybe show them the light or whatever? Would you use the word that you, you hate them? Uh, no, I don't ha hate them or the fags. You, my, my signs don't say I hate fags. It right. says God hates fags. And you must understand that that's nothing other than a axiom, a so, Bible axiom. Right, so you, Look, lo you love the... You lo sorry to interrupt, we're running out of time, so i got to shoot this thing. The you, you, of God is not an evil passion. Right, so you it love the gays. determination. It is one of his attributes. Do you believe in hell or not? Yeah. If you believe in hell, then you must believe in the hatred and wrath of God, unless you'd like John Rankin say God loves those people he's tormenting in hell, which right. is silliness. Do you, so do you love the gays, then? I told you I'm the only one that does. Oh, yeah. You know you're not listening no, to what you, I talk, you, Yeah, because you, you said you love them because you tell them they're going to hell if they because don't. Because I'm the only one rebuking, 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 like Leviticus 19, 17, and 18 defines, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Right. How do you love your neighbor as yourself? Lie to him? Tell him he's all right like he is and he wakes up in hell? If you're a doctor and you know doggone good and well the patient's got cancer... And if you operate in time, you can cure him, but you don't want to tell him because he might get upset with you. They'll take your license. Hmm. That's a preacher's job.
rebuke and warn. And when the dying Paul says, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who should judge the quick and the dead is appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be instant in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort. That's the preacher's job. And any preacher who's not doing it just like I do is a false, hell-bound prophet. And, and the decree sending him to hell is irreversible, Matthew 23, 33. Hmm. Uh, I want to just ask you another question here, and we'll, we'll let you go. I keep saying that, but it's uh, I, I enjoy uh, just speaking with you here. All right. uh, after September 11th, uh, 2001 attacks, did you did you have a group that went to New York City to protest the rescue efforts going on there, or, or no? Five separate times since then, we have been to ground zero. That right. is right where those towers were with big, colorful signs saying, Thank God for September 11th. New York's are one of the most evil places on earth. Okay, so let me let me just read this quote, and you tell me this is true. Your group was mocking victims as they were taken from the rubble, shouting obscenities at rescue workers, and demanding that those still alive be left to die. <laughs> That's a lie? Well, of course it's a lie. We didn't get there that quick. No. It, it was a week or so after well, the first trip we made to Ground Zero. Yeah. But it takes a whole lot of those police up there to get us out alive. Yeah, because they're mad at us too, you know. And those firemen, those firemen, uh, almost four hundred of them died. And their chaplain, get this, is a guy named Judge Mike Judge, who's a Roman Catholic, San, uh, Franciscan order priest, who's an out of the closet fag. Now, why would those firemen elect their chaplain? who's famous for only one thing, and that's being a fag. So and they, I'm not supposed to see a correlation between that and the Lord God killing 460 of them? So God killed the 460 firemen because their chaplain is, is, is gay? Well, that's a bit simplistic, but you get the idea, and anybody who doesn't believe that is an atheist. Right. I mean, does God have any control over anything? Right. I mean, if God didn't knock those towers down, who, for goodness sake, did? And to say that it was those Arabs begs the question. Right, right. Who, who sent them? Who's operating on their internal systems? Okay. All right. Well, Fred, it's, uh, you know, it, it's always an interesting chat. I've, I've heard lots of, uh, lots of interviews with you, and no one's going to call you boring. Okay, Drew. And, uh, <laughs> nice, nice to talk to you, old pal. Yeah, thank you very much. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.